But it's the Fighting Tiger, the West Australian wonder, normally by falling. It wasn't easy. The crowd roaring, go Lonro, go. But the three-year-olds in front, Del Zayo. Lonro, he's coming, he's going to get there. Yes, Lonro! Good moves up the best of days at the 100. Best of days at Holmesman. Best of days at Holmesman. Holmesman is a music man cheering above. And also best of days at And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast of two big Melbourne Group 1s. Heard some of the great... Audio from Australian Cups gone by, and first we're going to do a deep dive into the William Reid. Can you believe it, Vince? This is our last Group 1 weekend in Melbourne for five months. No. Yes. No, <laughs> why are you saying things like that to me on a Thursday morning? Well, Friday, Friday morning, I should say. Friday morning, exactly. We're recording this at 5.30, so all our information is up to date. Well, just to say, let's savour this these two great races in Melbourne. Wow, that's sad. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, this is the next is. one. There we go. What's that? Because they got rid of all the tracks. Well, I think so. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, does Sydney and Brisbane and Adelaide get all the group ones from here? So anyway, we're gonna we've got two beauties. Uh, the first yep. one's tonight at we, the William Reed. Uh, Vince, it looks like we're gonna have a good track and good track rail. True, there's only one place you want to be as a general rule, is there? Well, on speed, on speed, stalking speed, stalking speed. Maybe you you, you could technically you could be four or five lengths off them and get there as long as you're not stuck on the fence. Right. So this is a race that looks like it's going to be significant pressure. There's a couple yeah. of scratchings in Paul Ely and Benedetta, but they definitely don't affect the speed map because where they were going to be, it's probably why they were scratched too, who was going to be out the back and wide. So yeah. they come out of the races. And uh, like I said, this is the information we, we can give you at 5.30. Um, the speed, as far as you're concerned, will be from where? Well, front page looks the obvious one from in the Congo and possibly Jigsaw as well, because when I went through the runners, firstly, front page, genuine capability of going plus four early and done it on a couple of occasions. So it's hard to see the horse going much slower than that, particularly if it's pressed by in the Congo and uh, Babylon Berlin. Jigsaw's the interesting one for me. That horse also has the capacity to get to that speed, just whether it's going to choose to do that or not i'm not sure so i the, the way i worked it out was this Rolfie. if babylon and front page go to the front and try and make it a little bit orderly then we're going to be rock solid plus two but if the heat's going to come and in the congo wants to try and be forward and jigsaw and who knows even bellin because it's in a nightmare draw so they've got to push forward or go back then all of a sudden we could even get the speeds as as, as high as plus five. So right now, I'm sort of sticking on the low, plus two. On the high, definitely not more than plus five. Well, the starting point is logical in that it's the Kiwi uh, in, as far as um, Imperatrice. 
I think there's some holes in, in, in her setup as far as Mooney Valley 1200, a speed race. Uh, how are you assessing Imperatrice's chances? Well, it is a horse that generally finds it difficult to run above benchmark early. I've got a pretty solid footprint on, the, on this runner. And like all campaign, it never broke benchmark through the first section. And I was of the firm view that when the horse was arriving in Sydney, I wasn't expecting any more improvement from the horse. Now, that's not to say maybe the horse has thrived, Ralphie, and it's really come on. It's had 20 days. There's a good chance to freshen up. But let's just – me being a big race like this, the horse does have talent. Maybe benchmarks the speed the horse can travel at, and that's on the basis that it's going to be able to slot in. So that it, that's yep. natural spot. That what you're saying is on natural speed. There's every chance it's midfield or maybe even worse. Well, that's where I feel it's going to be. Now, it's a little bit like Ballinipatina. They could want to press forward. I guess it's got a lot to do with how they how they're seeing the night play out, Ralphie. Yeah. As you, how many times have you said in the past that if they all feel this is the only place to be, everybody wants to be up front. Yep. And then that could happen late in the day because it's such a big race. But realistically, the key for me is not so – I'm not too worried about if it's spotting them four, if it slots in, though. But if it goes to the forward pack, oh, it's it's in a lot of trouble. Right. So uh, he's, he's basically uh, OP boss has to ride the race for his horse, not the track, whatever happens. That's the key. If yeah. they can do that – there's no question this is the talent, you know, when I say it's the talent in the field, it's got the score on the board based on this preparation and it is already where we need to be to win. But it hasn't got the favours in terms of the race shape. Well, it's 1,200 profile. Uh, it just ran down Babylon Berlin. That's that's probably what it, where I was heading to about Mooney Valley 1,200 because Babylon Berlin's a speed horse and, I mean, you clock them deeply at tier up or I, I just observe when I have to, but... She, uh, Babylon Berlin had a good break on uh, Imperatrice, and I imagine having a good break at Mooney Valley is a better asset than a Tarapa. Yes, but uh, as under certain circumstances, of course, that's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. but this is uh, this is another pressure. Yes, yeah, even for that horse. Right. So uh, the, when it comes to the uh, match up there, you're saying that the uh, Babylon Berlin looks to have a challenge to sustain its speed. Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, all right. So the, uh, that that's the that's the different form. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm comparing directly to front page in the Congo. Now, if they just didn't just decide to, you know, something goes wrong and they're not they're not leading, right? Yep. That'll make it a little bit easier. But then there's jigsaws right there. Yeah. And j- jigsaws natural speed, just in natural speed, not when it's asked for a little bit more, is quicker than um, Babylon Berlin. So. See, when they're leading over in in New Zealand, sometimes we're off if they're leading, but they're not going benchmark. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask you, exactly. All right, so, me, so let's get to Jigsaw. He comes off a track distance win. I, I would say, look at the breakdown. He got the perfect setup because he was going fast and then faster on his terms in a smallish field. Oh, it, was, it was excellent. It was absolutely excellent performance. Uh, firstly, 2.9 overall, best of, best of the day. Yep. First section, 1.7. It's not easy, Ralphie, because what happens is you know at the Valley, the 1,000, 1,200-meter races, they have an artificial slowdown. Yep. So you've got to get up and run, and then all of a sudden you're confronted with a bit of a slowdown. So it does make it challenging. But for this horse to then, you know, continue to build the momentum, 
beyond that was really solid. And when I look at the last sort of 200 metres of the run, I mean, the horse was going just as quick over the last 200 as it was from the 600 home in terms of speed and velocity. And okay, that gives us a few things. Number one, horse like right at the top of its game. Number two, I do feel this horse has come on. Now, it is interesting. It's 55 days between runs. They've had the the two jump outs. Hard to really lock in how good that is, but I, I get it. It's, there's no question the horse will stay hard and fit. The, the big question is, has this stable got what it takes to – to me, it looks like the horse may have peaked last start, Ralph. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so have they got what it takes to be able to repeat? Yeah, so it's a, what you're saying is it's a challenge. If it did repeat, it's 2.9. Where do you think that slots it in the race? Uh, that's that's locked it in the top four. Right. In the Congo is the other second favourite there, and oh, this has come into play, this horse, Vince. Uh, what we've really identified this time last year, we, were, we had, our, had our hands crying because it was in the galaxy, and you said, this horse, we're only betting on the wet tracks. <laughs> he got picked off late at $12. Well, we know he's a dry tracker, and he's coming to play. He's a stallion. They'll really want to be winning this race, and clearly he's uh, he's nice and forward there with, uh, with the three jump outs coming in. Uh, trials, rather. Yeah, and I can tell you that trial was hot. That's like, <laughs> really, <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> How hot? Well, they break benchmark. Yep. For the trial, and in the Congo, when I just sort of look through the numbers over that thousand and fifty, three point three first section below. Excellent in the mid race, plus four point nine. That was sort of the the peak for the horse in terms of speed, but that just gives you the insight. I mean, mind you, Rolfi, still ran half length above benchmark last two hundred meters. This was a you know, this trial was as good as a race. That's that's what I'm taking from the trial. They don't generally have that sort of effort all the way through, but it was there just for some reason. It was a very competitive trial, and I have high expectations. A number of horses coming out of that trial into other races over the weekend, and I'm pretty keen to see how a couple of others go as well. But in the Congo, he's the first one that's going to bring it to the party. Uh, Tim Clark, you know, leading. Is he going to want to lead, Ralphie? That's the thing for me. Is he going to want to do that? I don't believe he's the world's best front-running rider in terms of judgment, particularly. He's fine if he doesn't have to be tackled by a group of others. So I will be interested in the seed. Do they try and really rip the cord and try and just go as hard as they can? When I look at its 1,200-metre profile specifically and, and the early speed of this horse at that distance range, I, I could I probably felt that the top top end speed was around three and a half lengths faster than standard. Yep. And therefore, that sort of puts you like in the zone within a length of front page and jigsaw, right? So let's say the horse has to just go one step further because – Tim Clark wants to see that's the problem. See, if Tim Clark wants to own the front, um, does that blow him up? I hope he's he's he can just be a little bit more patient. And if he is, then A, the trial's going to come to fruition, and B, he's going to get a big opportunity of uh, potentially being in the finish. But that's my reservation. Tim Clark 
maybe overextending up front. I just wonder if they think, well, we, we know front page jigsaw fast and ba- Babylon Berlin being barrier two and also Blake Shin being such an outstanding barrier jockey that he gets them out that maybe they think, well, hang on, we're one. Let, let's just sit and and our, our best result will be take sit, sit in the second line and, and get in the monorail home. Well, that that's really what I hope he does as well. Yep. The Like always, the challenge for Tim Clark will be, and and this I respect as well, you don't really want to be caught on the fence because when you're going with good momentum, the last thing you want it to be stifled around the turn and then you're going to be slowing. It will dull your finish. Yep. So he, <laughs> uh, there's no easy lies, but there might be a chance he can get off the fence long before then. And my take is, like if I was, I'm, I know I'm not a rider, right, but... If I was to put a jockey's cap on, I'd be wanting to jump out and in that first 400 metres, how do I put myself in a position where I might one off the fence because then I've got the space to create my opportunity from the 400 to the finish line. Interesting map and particularly how the track will be playing because if it's hard the fence, it's going to make it hard for these mares. But what needs to be underlined for Bella Nipatina, Rock and Horse, September Run, that new market was such an outlier. We touched on it on the Monday podcast, but that new market that they come, all come off was the most unusual 1,200 race shape for a while because it was so fast. Yeah, it was. It brought me back to the 80s, the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Where, you know, horses like Placid Ark and that would come out and they'll just like use it as like dead set. How fast can we go and can we break the, you know, the st- – <laughs> <laughs> the sound barrier, <laughs> just jokingly, of course, but yes. yeah, that's how hot it was. Uh, yeah, but so what the, I'm the saying, run plays. So, but but does that mean a different setup tonight? Two weeks later, can can assist. I, I feel that it, it will assist, particularly from the the, the Houston stable, right? The Mar yeah. Houston stable. I don't yep. see that being a bad thing. The challenge for me is where's it drawn? Yes. Well, what do you do from there? You go back, you're gone, right? Yep. Because you're going to give them too much head start. So you, you have, you've got to chance your arm, and this is really the game. Does Malum look to chance his arm and see if he can use some aggression and find a position? Three, four off that lead pack. Does he roll back or does he try and hunt to the front? And, you know, just again, if he hunts to the front, it's going to be mad up front, Ralphie. And then that does create big problems for all that little league group. Then I'm looking for the stalkers. Right. It looks like it's in no man's land, even though the figures yeah. sort of indicate it's ready to win. Yeah, I think you're getting good odds for that purpose. Yeah, uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, you don't get the better than well, I suppose you do, but it, 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 the way we're approaching, you don't get the better the run. So that's uh, that's those three mares, and and just finally, where does uh, where does the importer case of you slot in as far as talent, not not uh, speed back? Yes, KCU. Yeah, I had a good look at that horse, Ralphie. Well, it is interesting. Profile-wise, for the distance, it's there. That's that's a good part. But realistically, from a the way I've scored it up, numbers-wise, I found it challenging to get beyond plus one point five. And and the horse has had a number of jump outs. And I, I now look the ground sometimes in these jump outs, Ralphie, give you know sort of smother what might be there because this this could be a horse that could just be a jet on dry ground, right? Yep. And 
just looking at the Dubai performances, I sort of suspect that I like this horse on dry ground, even though it has one on the wet, right? But the wet figures are a lot softer. Like they, they very rarely is a broken benchmark on those wet grounds. Yep. So I, I've just sort of said, not today. <laughs> All right. Uh, in summary, it's uh, let's pretend it's Sunday morning. How we approach the uh, the business podcast. So, um, is this a race that you'd be participating in? Well, it's like this for me, Ralph. If I was super confident that Jigsaw could turn up for one more run, that's the horse that gets the golden run. Yep. Gets perfectly positioned, perfect barrier. It's got the profile to sort of pretty much assure itself a top four finish. And there's a lot of risks with the others. So that's how I see it. Or, you know, I'd probably go out a little bit wider and see if a couple of other horses might be able to sort of present themselves and be some sort of a threat. But, you know, right now I'm just sort of sitting here saying that Jigsaw would be the, the runner that would be of the biggest interest for me if I felt the horse could, you know, have one more run in it. It sounds like from a talent perspective, but compared to a position running, you're saying low threes is rock bottom for Imperatrice. Well, this is it. I mean, if this horse, if we didn't have that pressure, yep, then I'd say the horse won't miss the top three. It doesn't even have to run to its best. It's going to run top three, but it's not going to be there. I'm not going to be exaggerating. I mean, I do like to look at the flip of the coin and say, okay, well, what happens if they don't? Uh, be pretty messy. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's flip over to Flemington tomorrow, the Australian Cup, and this is a race I'm pretty keen on. So I'm pretty keen to uh, compare notes with you here, Vince, because oh, we've, we've got Cascadian at low threes, pretty tight. He's an old warrior. He was fantastic last week, of course, in the All Star Mile at Mooney Valley. Steps to 1200 on a quick backup. Others in the market, Mawanga, who's been a con- consistent Group One performance. Co- Performer, rather, non-conformist, who was fantastic first up. Right you are, has been a summer star. And Steinem, who was very good in Perth and then fantastic when just holding off gold trip in an outstanding uh, time race due to a couple of outliers with uh, with horses up front completely overdoing it. How are you seeing the speed in this race? There's plenty of pressure up yeah. front. No question, Ralphie. Didn't matter where I looked. Everything was there speed-wise. and. If last start was any indication of number of these runners, we wouldn't be pinning the race anything slower than around plus three, and we could be as high as plus nine. So it's it's a pretty big gap, and and there's too many runners there that want to be on that lead pack to ensure this is going to be a race with very very good speed. I, I just better check have you got Marachino out of your market there because it has been scratched, so that it was obviously going to be one of the speed uh, profiles there. No, I haven't taken it out, Ralphie, but now that you've mentioned that, I, I have now yep. done that. And the reality is it does change the pattern slightly. It sort of brings us now more down to a plus sort of three to plus six range. So that's still heat. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I wanted to emphasise. So, yeah, yeah you've got uh, Smoke and Romans uh, with Blinkers back on. New Marion's going to hold a position. The Alpatriesque can go quickly. Right you are, of course, what we've known. And uh, Bankmore, the three-year-old. On the quick backup. Let's start with Cascadian, Vince. Uh, as I said, old warrior. My question to you is this. In a high-pressure 2000, good track, is that his ideal situa- setup? No. Yes. No. That, <laughs> yes, I agree with you. So that's yeah. interesting. Well, but you've got to look at where is it going to be positioned in running. Yep. So let's say it's going – I mean, we've got to let, – let's bring ourselves back to that Flemington run 
back in March last year where yep. the horse went first section plus 2.9 and in the mid it was going plus 2.4. That's about the profile for the horse and it's, in my view, the uh, maximum exertion for the horse. So if the horse was to run identical to that speed, then all of a sudden you'd probably need to be within three or four lengths of that pack if you're going to run at that speed. But I sort of suspect the horse might be a lot further back than that. You know, like the horse might be six or eight lengths and therefore there's a big chance Cascading may be running benchmark or slightly below, which will give it a better chance, right? Yep. But doesn't matter what I look at, the numbers are inferior for this horse at 2,000 when compared to any other distance. It's at least a length inferior and we've got to account for that. So I, I have accounted for that and scored the horse right back down to around a plus 3.2. And I'd say that's the best I'm expecting this horse to deliver. And that gets it in the race. It's going to be all about how the horse backs up off that seven-day run. Which is another factor, of course. But just to back the track up a bit on what you said there, because it's it's this race. It's this track, this distance, this race last year. All right, it was two weeks earlier in the calendar. But he was beaten five lengths in the Australian Cup last year. Now, okay, people might be able to make an argument that uh, last year was a stronger edition. It was certainly fast and Juar was fantastic. But um, beaten 4.7 lengths, to be accurate. And what you're saying is that the two fast speeds in that first section uh, just blunted his finish, which we normally see as dynamic in those mile races. Yeah, so and that's I don't see that changing tomorrow, other than the strategy that Ben Mallum's the type of rider, Ralphie, that can be pretty pretty cool and just sit back and smoke the pipe. Damien's a bit more bit more tactical, like he'll still say, "Okay, you can be cool, but I need you to be closer, otherwise we've got no chance anyway." Yep. So he will ask for a bit more. Whereas Ben, he's the sort of guy who says, no, nah, stuff it. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to come for one run. Hopefully they've all done, overdone up the front and I'm going to be there in the end. That's the way I'm viewing it. So I do have a, a view this horse is going to get back and he'll be running in his comfort zone, but he could be too far off. I'm not going to catch him. He could be blunted by what happened at the Valley last night. I mean, it's a 10.5 combined last 800 rough. It's pretty hot. There's an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. big, and we're on a seven-day backup. And just to back up what you what you say there, Vince, when he was fantastic running second to Zaki in the McKinnon, so the, this track distance in the spring of 2021, he's going 7.5 lengths below benchmark early. So yep. that was his cruisy speed. Correct. Yep. All right. So non-conformist. Yeah, the market's leading you on for a few various reasons. I, I they can't possibly be letting you on for this reason. How good was his last start and how good is his best at 2,000? Ralphie, it, the way the horse won last start, and it wasn't in a situation where it was, like, brutal. It just wasn't. It was 1.9 below benchmark first section. That's, like, very cruisy speed for this horse. Even in the mid-race, going plus 1.5. Again, very cruisy. And that's why I felt... The horse was able to have even more of a finish under the circumstances of the day and ended up with a plus 2.5 last 400 metres. Very solid, best of the day. Clearly, the numbers also indicate this is the preparation where this horse is going to explode. That's what it's showing. Now, I deliberately didn't give it the plus 5.2. 
I just wanted to sit there and just say, okay, if I peg you at 2.6 last start, where does that put you? And this is just all part of the, the form process strategy. And I was like, personally, because I only feel there's only three possible chances in the race, I just said, you're exactly where I was hoping you're going to be, in that top four on the totem pole, without even me moving you up a chess piece. Like, in other words, I could easily say you could go 5.2 and you're the horse to beat. And the reality is that's pretty much where we're at because we're going, this horse is going to run somewhere between two and a half and five. So I think the market's letting on for these two reasons. Uh, one, that it won, when it won first up, it was $21. So that, that you know, that there's an SP profile's reeling. Uh, is it, sorry, is real. Um, it, it's a tool. But it was $26 into 21. And what the market was saying, this horse, the stable, got him right after a lost preparation. So you can almost, I think if you say, well, he wasn't right last prep, they've got him right now. Who cares about what odds he was first up? In fact, even more look at the 26 into 21, not the fact that he was 21. Well, okay. That's oh, part one. You, yeah, that's part one. The way I'm looking at it is a little I'm bit not, I'm not saying it's a knock. I'm saying this is why no, no, people are going to no. say, why is, it, why is it good odds? I reckon that's one reason. No, yeah, but what I love is about bloody time that the corporate <laughs> bookmakers gave a market. I mean, the only error I see in the market is Cascadian, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm really I'm really delighted they've got it seven one seven to one to the field, and then it allows the form students to be able to be smart enough to know if that horse is if that price is better or worse. And from my perspective, that, that I'm like you, that's a sensational price. Part two, he goes up four kilos from that run. Now, oh, right. yep. in, uh, if I go back to October 2020, he carried 59 kilos away for age when he was just beaten by proper bill. What was his score there? <laughs> uh, what day was that, Ralphie? That was uh, 9th of October 2021. Oh, well, there you go. There it is, 5.2. Yeah, so his so PB carried 59 kilos. <laughs> so. Yeah. Realistic, Ralphie, when we, if we're going to go and score a class and, and we look at that, and I do believe – Without a shadow of doubt, this horse is bang on set to run to that profile, right, of that, yep. that campaign. <sighs> okay. This is now going to probably bring the veil down. If probability's in this race, it'll be odds on. Yep. It'll be odds on. Be a dollar eighty. Well, it should be. Yes. Because that that's how probability's super sharp. She's a star. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. So... Well, they may be all just sitting back and saying, let's wait and see if the horse can take the next step. Uh, Mawanga, where's he slot in? Of course, he's on a seven-day backup. He was good last week uh, behind yeah. Dubai Honor, but Dubai Honor obliterated the field. <laughs> yeah, but perfect run for this horse. Yes. I, ideal for the backup. Love it. And I'll be... I'd be very surprised if this horse doesn't run first three because he's absolutely ready to bring the best run that it can bring. And my expectation is I'm not expecting it to go any better than plus 2.8, 2.9, Ralphie. I believe that's the ceiling for the horse. And just that alone is going to be enough to get on the podium. Because you've got to remember, Ralphie, outside of these few horses we're talking about, forget the rest, mate. They're no good. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Dive Zeep. I'm just yeah. going to say, what have we got? Well, with Mawanga last spring, second to Alligator Bud, 2.6 links above benchmark. Second yep. to Zaki, uh, 2.9 links above benchmark. He's pretty consistent. Good tracks, 1,800, 2,000 range. And this is her best chance to get victory. And, she, and there's really, for Annabelle Newsham's only got two things standing in its way, Steinem and Nonconformist. Yep. 
that's it. That's all that stands in its way from victory because I know she's desperate to win because we do have to go back to August 21 when it last won. It's had a lot of runs in between. And no fault of the horse, Ralphie. The horse has been coming out and racing its best. Unfortunately, it's just a little bit short or they always finds another one or two better. Yeah, well, it's been racing against the cream. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and all right, well, you've mentioned it. So Steinem, it was fantastic last start. I suppose the question is, well, how, firstly, I'll ask you for our, our uh, customers, uh, how, how good was it? And secondly, short back up, the stable were keen. It was seven dollars into five fifty against uh, Gold Trip, the uh, the uh, other stable mate there on the day. They were keen. It ran to its profile, ran to its best. It was a fast race. Has it got more to give, or even, or are you saying, well, it's probably just going to repeat it? And if that's that's the case, it's in the finish. Well, generally speaking, if I remove the name of the stable. <laughs> And the 3.1 off the 70 days is um, using like what we've learnt when we run the simulations on the bounce theory. That's it for the horse, right? Off that. Yep. But not uh, absolutely excluding that with this trainer. Absolutely not going there. I, I'm taking the position this horse has uh, got more to come. And there was a clear demonstration of that in that last start performance. The 3.1 best of the day and the way it did it went 0.7 above benchmark first section, plus 5.1 between the 8 and the 4. Like That's a high exertion of, of, of an above benchmark run, even with a 70-day break. It doesn't matter. Even if you're rock hard fit, that is still really extending yourself. And then I look at the taper at the end. <laughs> Absolutely up the hill. You should be tapering. You should be tapering badly. And it only tapered to the tune of like 1.7 lengths. So that sort of gives me some insight about yes, the horse was there, but it wasn't fully there. They've then given it the jump out, and that's exactly what you should do. So there'll be no chance of flatness from this stable with this horse. And let's just say the horse just runs 3.1. Well, you could, that guarantees you a top three finish. You're saying the class here is really elevating a, a few, and and means that there's a there's a bit of a bit of a gap. The rest, Ralphie, it's going to be worse than a roulette table for the rest. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that that pretty much concludes it. We'll wrap it up there. You you're saying of uh, of the four chances as far as or five chances, including right you are in the market that uh, you're pretty keen on three of them, and that's Moanga, Nonconformist for sure, and Steinem. So best of luck with your plays tomorrow. If there's been any more information that we need to update tomorrow morning, we certainly will do that via our uh, update podcast. <laughs>